Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We're going to begin a new podcast series today, and we're going to call it Harder Things. We want to take a passage of scripture that we've recently looked at in our Sunday sermon and try to dig up the harder things uh, from that text. And we definitely came to one this past Sunday. This past Sunday, we looked at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 to 21, and we talked about walking in the light versus walking in the darkness and what exactly that means and how to do that, how to think about the darkness. And there's one part of the passage toward the end that maybe we didn't spend enough time on. And I think the reason is is because of A, the light and the darkness took up so much of our time, and B, the part of the passage here at the end, you're not exactly sure what to do with it. And I'll read it, and I'll tell you what the context is in a minute. But it says this in verse 18 of chapter 5 of Ephesians. It says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We're going to call this new series Harder Things, and there's there's a few instances in life, uh, just by way of analogy, that'll help you understand what we're talking about today. Like, you know, we're coming upon the winter season here. It's late November, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and uh, I like... The outdoors. I like the cold. The cold doesn't bother me. The snow doesn't bother me. I don't really get bothered by winter weather, but some people hate it. But here's an example of harder things, okay? When you're out shoveling the snow, okay? When you get that light, fluffy inch of snow and it's it's real beautiful and it's real easy to get off your driveway, you go out and you shovel and you have a great time and, you know, you're just in good spirits. It's just, I don't know, there's just something romantic about, you know, light, fluffy snow, <laughs> And so I like that kind of snow. It's beautiful. It covers all the trees perfectly. It's not dangerous. And so being out of that kind of snow and shoveling that kind of snow is no big deal. And you know what I'm talking about if you live in the Northeast. But there's another kind of snow that Northeasterns are used to, and that's the the big, huge 20 to 30 inches of snow we get sometimes. And I remember that last year, right around this time of the year, actually, we got dumped on. We got like 20 to 30 inches, seriously, of snow. And it just fell and fell and fell and fell. And I had to go out and shovel, you know, like most Northeasterns do. They just have to go out and get the snow off their driveway so they can drive. And and that's a harder thing (laughs) because when I go out to shovel in that kind of snow, my mood's a little bit different. Now it just looks as like a chore. It doesn't look beautiful. Not, Not when you start getting into it. It just looks like work and struggle and pain and difficulty. And getting all that snow off your driveway just like, takes so much sweat and energy and you're just exhausted and you're just like saying, I don't want any more snow for the rest of the winter. That's a harder thing. So there's a light version of it and there's a harder version of it. Here's another example. I, I grocery shop from time to time for my family and there's two instances of grocery shopping. One time that I've learned even recently is to go shopping in the morning, like early morning after I drop my son off at uh, first grade, I, I go shopping right after that because I found that a lot of people aren't at the store yet. You know, it's like 8.30 in the morning and, you know, if we need stuff, I can go and do the grocery shopping and it's not that big a hassle. I even enjoy it a little bit. But there's a harder thing. Sometimes when I go shopping and it's 4 o'clock and I, I've put it off and now I just have to get stuff, everybody's at the store at 4 o'clock or right before a snowstorm or right in the weekend. And that's the kind of shopping I don't enjoy doing. It's a harder thing. Well, here in this passage, we have kind of that. 
We have part that's really easy to understand, light versus darkness. I understand what that is. I understand what to do with it. But this part at the end, I haven't heard a lot of people linger on this little passage that I just read. You know, it, it talks about not getting drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And, you know, good, uh, disciplined Protestants, we don't really like to talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. You know, it's kind of like spooky a little bit. And, you know, it seems not grounded. And, you know, the more we talk about the Spirit, the more dangerous it is. And so, you know, we don't like to linger and talk about the Spirit too much. It's one of those harder things. But we're going to call the podcast series Harder Things, and we're going to sort of dig up the harder things of the text. And that's what I think is one of them. When he says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he says this, which is another harder thing. He says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to, your, to the Lord with your heart. It almost sounds like instead of being drunk, you need this sort of euphoric, feeling come over you that you're full of the spirit and because you're full of the spirit you're talking to people but you're singing at them and it's kind of like a singing telegram <laughs> you go to your friends and your church members and you're just singing songs to them and they're singing songs back to you and I'm looking at this going really is that what it's talking about and so I've always had two questions when I come to this kind of passage a what does it mean and b why is it here because the context if you go to the beginning of chapter five of Ephesians he's talking about imitating God and walking in love. And then the passage we looked at, we spent most of the time this past Sunday looking at light versus darkness. And again, I like that. It's logical. It makes sense. I know how to take it apart. I know how to put it together. I know how to practically do that. But then it gets to verse 18, and I'm, it's kind of a head-scratcher. Going, what does this mean? Okay, I can understand not getting drunk with wine. That's a bad thing. That's a sin. When I'm drunk, I'm out of control. Christians should be in control. And when I drink wine, I lose my faculties, I lose my mind, I start living like a worldly person. That makes sense. And it's the part after that that we sort of need to look at because he says, in contrast to not get drunk with wine, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, if he said, no, don't get drunk with wine, we would all go, I get it. That makes sense. Thanks, Paul. That makes sense. That's walking in darkness. There's an example of walking in darkness. Don't get drunk with wine. But he doesn't end there. There's a comma. And he says, but be filled with the Spirit. And that's the part that I kind of grew up in, that a lot of us Christians, we don't really understand the Spirit. We see people perverting the Spirit in other denominations. And so it's like, ah, let's just not talk about it. You know, let's act like we know he's there and he's helping us, but let's not talk a lot about the Holy Spirit and what he does and what he does for us. And the more we do, the more dangerous it gets. And I don't think that way anymore. I see the Holy Spirit as incredibly crucial for doing what God has called us to do. And I want to answer the two questions. A, what does this mean? And B, why is it here? Because that's what this podcast series is about, is digging up the harder things. And this is what he says. Don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Again, that makes sense. Okay, we're not here for sensual pleasures. We're not here to be out of control. We're not here to live like the world. Perfectly makes sense. But then he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so in contrast of not being filled with wine not being drunk with wine, there's another filling, filling and feeling we should desire. And that is the filling of the Spirit. And that's why I love that the two things are together because he wants you to contrast it with getting drunk on wine because he wants you to picture what that might look like. If you have been drunk, you know. If you've seen people who are drunk, you know. Or you can just even guess and probably know what it's like to be drunk. You're out of control. I mean, a lot of drunk people you see in my movies, they are singing, 
but they're in a foolish, stupid state of mind. They're singing. They're just out of control. They're they're dumb. <laughs> you know, you don't want to drive, of course. You don't want to do anything that takes a thought process. They're just people you don't want to be around unless you're drunk too. And and then he says, but don't just be neutral, but be filled with the spirit. There is another euphoric feeling that you should have. Another happy feeling, a feeling of intense excitement that is good. And what he follows this with is saying, when you're filled with the spirit, you're going to be singing you're going to be making melody to the Lord. You're going to be giving thanks always and for everything to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to be submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So what does it mean? I think what it means is when you desire the things of God, because the context again, we'll answer both questions here. The context is walking in the light. And that context was in the context of imitating God. And walking in love. So we need to remember the context. That helps us here. Understand what he's saying. And this obviously is important to Paul's exhortation to walk in light. In other words, we need the spirit in order to walk in light. And so remembering the context helps us understand what it means. Because the point of walking in the light is doing things that please your God. Okay? And you could say, what are things that please my God? Well, he answered one of those at the beginning of chapter 5. He said, walking in love pleases your God. He said, casting off sin pleases your God. He says, thanksgiving is pleasing to your God. And that's very fitting because tomorrow is Thanksgiving here. And so we want to think about Thanksgiving. This is a good thing to think about. He says, thanksgiving pleases your God. And so these are the kind of things he's helping us understand going, listen, these are the things you want to do. And the spirit of God is what you need in order to do it. You need to be filled with the Spirit. He doesn't tell us how. He just says, be filled with the Spirit and therefore address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make melody to the Lord with your heart. Give thanks always for everything in the name of Jesus and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that the way that I kind of understand that is those are things that will follow being filled by the Spirit. So we understand that there's a euphoria. There's a, a joy and an excitement in the Christian life. And that's even important to understand because if you were like me growing up in the Christian circles, it seemed like Christianity was void of joy. It was like anti-joy. It's like the world's having fun and the Christians are disciplined, you know? So the world is having a good time. They're excited and happy about life and we're not, but we're right. You know, but the more you explore God's word, it's not that way. That's just a misconception of Christianity. Christianity, honestly, should be the most joy, should be the most excitement we've ever found. And that's why I love this passage, is because it's not saying it's void of joy walking in the light, saying, listen, you got to cast off the sins, and when you do cast off the sins, you're going to be living this boring, pious lifestyle. No, you're going to be filled with joy, with filled with excitement if you're filled with the Spirit of God. So how? How do we become filled with the Spirit of God? Well, I want to bring another passage into this that sort of helps us understand this how. And it's Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 says something kind of similar. In verse 16 it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. After that, he goes on to list what the desires of the flesh are. Things like sexual immorality and impurity and idolatry and jealousy and fits of anger. 
And then he says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, in verse 22, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. And he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And then in verse 25, to cap it all off, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So I, I see this relationship in the Scripture between walking in the Spirit and doing things that please God. And I think that's the answer to how do you become filled with the Spirit. Is desire, greatly desire, and greatly discipline yourself to please God. If you do and when you do, God will give you this filling of the Spirit. Because God wants his will in our lives more than we do. And so what I find in Scripture is that when you are sold out to God's plan, when you have bought in to pleasing God and walking according to the ways he's taught you, he's going to give you this euphoria, this filling of the spirit that is going to help you do that. Because you can imagine, if we have to walk the Christian life and we don't have this filling of the spirit, which means we don't have joy, we don't have thanksgiving, how long are we going to be able to do that? It's kind of like I said at the beginning with these harder things, shoveling the snow when it's 30 inches is not fun. It's just work. And if that's what the Christian life feels like, we can go for a little while based on duty, based on fear, based on responsibility. But if we don't have the joy, if we don't have this euphoria, I don't think we're going to last. And I think God knows that. I think he needs to team duty with desire. When those two come together, now you have a formidable path of Christianity. One that you need to and one that you want to coming together. And so he says, don't just don't be drunk with wine. Don't just be neutral, but be filled with the Spirit. You see? So have your cup filled with something else. Instead of wine, which is physical, that harms you, that makes you stupid, make it a spiritual filling that actually causes you to walk the correct way. But not only does it help you please God, it's the best feeling imaginable. And feelings are not a bad thing. I think God made us with feelings. We have nerves. We have feelings. We have a mind that can sense things. We can have a, a tongue that can taste things. We have hands that can feel things. God is a God of senses. You know, and I don't think those things are wrong saying, oh, Christians, you know, we just walk according to duty and we're just very solemn and everybody else is the one who's having fun. No. I think this filling of the Spirit is something we need to tap into. But I don't think it's mystical. And I don't think it's up to interpretation. I don't think you get this filling of the Spirit and then you just do whatever you want with it. I think it's in the context of pleasing the Lord. It's in the context of imitating God. It's in the context of walking in light and walking in love. And that right there is the best feeling you can find. It's the best excitement and it's the best joy. And if you know that kind of lifestyle, then you know that I'm right. Because when you are pleasing to God, when you are loving one another, when you know you're walking in light and you know you have the hope of eternal life, that is euphoria. And you do feel like singing. And I don't know necessarily if he means in verse 19 that we're actually supposed to sing to one another like a singing telegram. I just kind of get the sense that we want to gather together and sing God's praises. You know, we've all been in worship services like that that are just, it's just such a great thing. We wish it could go on and on and on because we're in the right spirit. We're with our family in Christ. We all love the Lord and we all want to worship him together. 
And that is euphoria. And that is the filling of the Spirit. And Paul kind of hints that we need this in the Christian life. And I want us to tap into that. I want us to not just be duty-based or fear-based or responsibility-based, but excitement and joy and euphoria in the Christian life. I think that's a good thing. But what we need to understand that it's not physical. Now, that there are physical manifestations, of course. You're singing, you're thanksgiving to God, you're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. But what this is based on is spiritual knowledge. It's based on spiritual understanding. It's based on spiritual satisfaction in Jesus. It's not separate. Once we separate this from truth, once we separate this from pleasing to God, it kind of becomes its own entity, and then you do whatever you want with it. And that's not really the point. The point isn't just to be happy. It's to be happy in pleasing the Lord. It's not just to be excited. It's to be excited while pleasing to the Lord. And once we put those two things together, we become this like super Christian. I mean, the guy writing this was that kind of guy. He's the Apostle Paul. And if there's anybody in scripture that's kind of a head scratcher and you're going, how did he do that? It's the Apostle Paul. You know, he's in jail. He's beaten for the name of Christ and he's singing hymns in jail. You know, he's, he's happy. He's excited. He's thrilled about suffering for Jesus. You're like, those two things don't go together. If you suffer for Jesus, you're joyless. And if you're joyful, it's because you're free and you're living your life and you're exploring all the great things that the world has. And Paul says, no, no. Suffering for Jesus and being filled with the Spirit happen at the same time because I'm fully pleasing to God. When I'm fully pleasing to God, when I'm walking correctly, when I'm doing things that he delights in, that's when I find this euphoria. And I think that's how we get the feeling of the Spirit and I think that's also what it means is that it's excitement and joy rooted in the Lord, rooted in pleasing God. And the question for each of us today, is that what we want? Is that really what we want? Or do we want him to not be mad at us and we want the world's desires? You know, that's the kind of Christianity I thought I had growing up. It's like, all right, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to pay for my sins. I don't want God angry at me. So whatever I need to do in order to calm his wrath, calm his anger, let me do it, and then let me go get what the world has so I can be happy. But that's not Christianity. Christianity doesn't offer one without the other. It offers both. You're able to be pleasing to the Lord. You're able to have security of eternal life. And you're able to have joy and excitement in the Christian life. And I've mentioned this before at the pulpit, and I'm probably going to bring it up a few more times in the season, but my favorite movie, Christmas Carol, at the end, Ebenezer Scrooge, he was a wretch, he was a miser, hated everybody, everybody hated him. But when he spared his life, he is so euphoric at the end. He's jumping, he's dancing about, he's an old man, but he's full of joy, he's full of excitement, and it's not void of walking correctly. It's because he can walk correctly. And it's not a Christian movie necessarily, but Scrooge is teamed with joy because he now has a new opportunity to love people. And that's what he does for the rest of the movie. He loves the Cratchit family. He loves the people on the streets. He's nice to his nephew, Fred. And that's kind of what we're seeing here in Ephesians, is that to be filled with the Spirit, it comes from God. And the way that you get it is by being very determined, very delighted in the opportunity to please your God. 
Have you gotten there? Have you sensed that? Have you been there before? I have. I know what it's like to want to please the Lord, to be determined to please the Lord, and to get the Spirit's help to please the Lord. And then I'm able to do it because of the Spirit's help. And then I feel this euphoria. I feel this joy. I feel this excitement. And I want to do this for the rest of my life. I also know what it's like to not be filled with the Spirit and to just be duty-based. And it's rigid and it's chore-like and it's like, oh, I have to do this, but it's no joy. And that's wrong too. And I don't think the devil cares which one you have as long as you don't have both. He'll give you the Christianity that's only duty-based because I know he thinks that's not going to continue. And I think he's right. If we have a Christianity that's void of excitement and joy, it's not going to be long before we search for joy and excitement in the world. And if we only have euphoria and we don't have truth and we don't have a lifestyle that is pleasing to God, he doesn't care about that either because it's not right. What he doesn't want us to have is a lifestyle that is pleasing to the Lord and joy and excitement and filling of the Spirit and being thrilled to thank your Lord and to sing songs with your Christian brothers and sisters. Because when we get that, we are now reaching the pinnacle of Christianity which is we're blessed and our God is blessed at the exact same time. And I, when I look at verses 18 to 21, I sort of get this picture of what heaven is going to be like. You know, we're pleasing to God, fully pleasing to God. There's no more sin. There's no more darkness. There's no more devil. There's no more struggle. And we are thrilled by that. We get to please our God in a land that is perfectly set up to do it. And we're going to be singing, we're going to be joyful, we're going to be loving to be around each other. There's not going to be any struggle, there's not going to be any sin, there's not going to be any darkness. It's going to be euphoria for the rest of our lives. And it's because we get to do what we were created to do. Please our God. I don't know exactly how to unpack everything in verses 18 to 21. And there's more that could be said, but I do advise you to look into it. And I do advise you to think about this today. That yes, we need to please the Lord. It's not an option. It's not. To not please the Lord is certain death. It's it's a path of destruction. It's a path of sin and darkness. But on the path of pleasing the Lord is the filling of the Spirit. And when God gives you that and when he sees that you want it and you're willing to discipline yourself for it and you're determined to have it, He's going to come alongside of you and he's going to give you the antithesis of physical drunkenness. He's going to give you spiritual fullness. And when you have that spiritual fullness, you're going to have traits similar to someone who is drunk. You're going to be excited. You're going to be joyful. You're going to feel good. And it's all going to be based on pleasing Jesus, on following the Lord and making God happy. And I hope that's something we'll think about today. I hope that's something we will determine ourselves to have. Even if we don't see people in our world, in our environment that have it. And we think, well, maybe it's not supposed to be there. Maybe we're not supposed to be joyful. Maybe we're just supposed to be duty-based. No, I don't think so. I think we're supposed to have joy and excitement in serving the Lord Jesus. And I don't think there's any more joy and excitement anywhere else. And so the way that we find this, the way that we find the filling of the Spirit is by disciplining ourselves to do what God has called us to do and remembering who we once were, because Paul brings that up a lot in Ephesians, and who we now are based on the sacrifice of Jesus. If we simply will think on that, if we will dwell on that, 
it will cause euphoria. It will cause thanksgiving. And that's a great thing to think about today because thanksgiving is tomorrow. And I want us to think about this today because I do want us to get to this place where we are thanking the Lord all the time, as much as we can. We want to gather with the church. We want to sing songs. We want to praise our Lord. We want to submit to one another and help each other. And the reason we do is because we want to please our Lord together. Because it's the greatest excitement and joy we could possibly find. I hope this blesses you today. And I hope you'll find this filling of the Spirit by disciplining yourself and being determined to walk the way God has designed you to walk. Many blessings. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.